Welcome to the Money Hour with Tina Mitchell. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC. The views expressed by the speakers on the following program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC. Now, in the studio, local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome to the Money Hour on 1150 AM, KKNW, the Saturday, March 4th show. I am your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. My goal is to keep you up to date on the latest news and trends in our local economy. Keep me tuned in and I will keep you informed. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but I'm here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that I have on the show. Please call the show 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And my guest in studio today for the entire show is Denise Lonis with the Lonis group. Once again, Denise offers her research facts and insights on the topic of what happened in 2017. How will home prices and inventory change? What will hot topics be for real estate? What should we as an industry keep our eye out for? Uh, New principal administration inbound. How are buying habits changing? And prepare your business for the new year. Arm yourself with expert knowledge. So very excited uh, to have Denise today. But first, let's start out with some money chat. Money. Money. I am very happy to share that there is no change to mortgage interest deduction in the Trump tax plan. U.S. Treasury Secretary Stephen Mnuchin said on Wednesday the Trump administration tax form plan will not change the deductible of mortgage interest and charitable contributions. Uh, Mnuchin was quoted saying, let me first clarify, we are not taking away the charitable deduction and we are leaving the mortgage interest deduction as is. Uh, This was in an interview on Fox Business Network. On December 1st, prior to President Donald Trump taking office, Muchin told CNBC that Trump wanted to cap the amount of mortgage interest that taxpayers conduct. It has already been capped. It, what capped I'm going to talk to you about that in a second. But Trump, in his speech to Congress on Tuesday night, said he wanted to provide massive tax relief to the middle class and cut corporate tax rates. But he did not offer specifics. Mnuchin said he expects the tax reform plan to be passed by Congress and signed by the president by August. Trump has said that tax reform reform should reduce the tax rates for individuals and businesses, do away with longstanding tax loopholes and broken the tax base in order to drive U.S. economic growth. So if you're renting or thinking of homeownership, the tax write-off is staying and can be substantial. Interest deduction is one of the most popular U.S. tax deductions and mortgage interest rate deduction. It's also a stimulus to buying a home. As a taxpayer, you must elect to itemize deductions and the total itemized deductions must exceed the standard deduction. Otherwise, itemized would not be reduced, reduce the tax. So currently the deduction, principal residence and second home, not for investment, but there are other benefits to investors out there uh, with negative rents and other things that you can write off. The second is up to 100,000 home equity loans if used to improve your home. 
Third, taxpayers are only eligible for this deduction if they itemize. And last, the interest deduction is capped at a million for married filing income taxes jointly and $500,000 if you are filing separately. This is the largest house-related subsidy in the U.S. tax code and reduced income tax revenue by more than $100 billion each year. Now, you want to make sure that you talk to the tax advisor because I am not. I'm a mortgage professional to understand exactly how this is going to benefit you. But the deduction has been around in some form or another since 1913. Homeownership is the heart of the economy. Healthy real estate market equals a stronger employment market. If you're listening to the show today and you're thinking of renting versus buying, my advice is maybe think again. Real estate is the only investment that you do. If you don't participate in, you're going to have to pay in some way. And we know what that is. That's rent. So if we take a look and just compare, if we had a rent payment of $1,500, you've got a roof over your head, but the money's gone. You're not getting any type of benefit for that outside of that 30 days. On a mortgage, $1,500 mortgage payment, let's just say you're in a tax bracket of 25%. So you add 25%, that equals $1,875 in a mortgage. Now, what you can do is you can amend your W-4 with your employer so you can realize that tax uh, benefit in your net income, your take-home net income every month, rather than waiting to the end of the year to see that benefit in less income taxes. I prefer to do this because I don't want the government collecting interest on my money. Now, another benefit of mortgage is it's fixed. Principal and interest payment is fixed. Your taxes obviously are going to increase as your property value increases. When the property values decrease, your property taxes will go down, and there can be adjustments to the homeowner's insurance as well. But other than that, if you're on a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage, that is a fixed-rate payment. Also, part of that payment, the portion that you're applying towards principal, is actually going in to the equity of your home or a home bank account that you've got that when you sell your home. Rent payment is not fixed. It's going to increase depending on what's happening uh, in the market, but increase on an average 5% a year. So if rents just kept up with inflation, average annual increase would be 3.2%. So a $1,500 rent payment would cost nearly $900,000 over 30 years. That $1,500 mortgage payment would only be $540,000 over 30 years. No increase with inflation. Now, yes, you have property taxes and insurance, but we talked about that tax benefit of homeownership. So majority of the time that that tax benefit is actually going to be taken care of your taxes and insurance. So we can kind of wash that out um, with that. So the homeowner at the end of 30 years will have no mortgage payment. And with just a very small appreciation of just 1% over 30 years on a $300,000 property, you would have, with compound interest, over $100,000 nest egg for retirement. Historically, real estate doubles every 10 years. This is just over 7% average a year. On top of that, owners who live in their property two out of the past five years who have equity and sell their primary residence receive a capital gain exclusion of 250000 If married, half a million. Where else can you get a tax break on the investment and then receive proceeds tax-free? I can't think of any other investment that works like real estate. Now, that renter, on the other hand, in 30 years has no equity in their home, paid $360,000 more to live. And here's the scary thing, no payment end in sight. So if you're not buying because you're worried about the investment not appreciating, the bigger nightmare is not being able to continue to afford your rent because of inflation. So just look at appreciation as an added bonus. If there were no appreciation, would you be a homeowner and comparing rent with no payment end? versus being a homeowner and having a fixed payment and having some type of tax benefit. That's my money chat for you today.
Coming up next on the Money Hour, conversation with Denise Lonis with the Lonis Group. Facts and insights on the topic of what's happening in 2017. How will home prices and inventory change? And what will the hot topics be in real estate? Right here at 1150 AM, KKNW, after the short break. Have you saved enough to provide for the retirement you envision? Is your current lifestyle putting your future at risk? Are you struggling to prioritize financial goals? These are questions all investors have. Brooke Anderson with Kaizen Financial Advisors helps individuals just like you navigate the complex world of financial decision making. Brooke can help you design a retirement plan that will give you confidence as you look to the future. Kaizen Financial Advisors take a holistic approach to your financial life and will make recommendations that encompass all of your priorities. Brooke Anderson will explain the issues and his recommendations in a simple and understandable way. Brooke wants to know and understand you both personally and financially. He'll emphasize a simple low-cost and diversified investment philosophy grounded in academic research. He's a CPA, MBA, and a registered financial advisor working in a fiduciary capacity for his clients. To learn more about what Kaizen Financial Advisors can do for you, call me, Brooke Anderson, at 425-321-5801. Again, that's Brooke Anderson at 425-321-5801. I look forward to hearing about you and helping you on your path to financial security. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, March 4th show. I'm committed to providing you the knowledge needed to be successful in every area regarding your finances. Knowledge is power, and that's what you'll receive from listening to the show. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but you can always call the show at one 855 411150. That's 1855 411150 or online at themoneyhour.com. And right now I'm having a conversation with Denise Lonis with the Lonis Group. Denise, thank you so much for uh, well having a call with me back in studio. I know you're a little uh, little ways away and I appreciate uh, you taking time to hang out with me for the show today. Well, I'm always happy to help out and always happy to talk with you. Wonderful. And a little bit about Denise. Uh, Denise is founding partner of the Lonus Group. Denise brings over two decades of experience in the real estate industry with expertise in strategic marketing, business analysis, branding, new home project planning, product development, and agent broker coaching and training. Denise is nationally recognized as the source for all things real estate. Denise's background in residential real estate sales and management includes an impressive list of awards. Denise was recently nominated by Emna News as one of the 100 most influential real estate leaders in the country. And she is a strong and respected voice in the real estate community. So, Denise, I'm, I'm really excited to uh, talk with you about what's, uh, what's happening and coming up for 2017. And I'd like to start out with what are the top issues affecting real estate in the Puget Sound market? Well, first of all, 2017 is already shaping up to be a really, really fantastic year and a very interesting year. But with all of the good things that uh, happen in real estate, there's always challenges. And the top issues that we're dealing with right now, especially in the uh, Puget Sound region, absolutely have to be 
affordability. And mm-hmm. affordability is has become an issue because the Puget Sound region has become such a popular area to live. Our employment is so strong in this area. And what's happened is we've seen so many properties out there that are, because of our lack of inventory, and we're going to talk about why we have such a, a challenge with inventory, but because of our severe lack of inventory, it has driven the demand. Um, the demand has increased. Inventory has gone down, so affordability has been challenged. And the one, the one negative is that whenever you are in a market like the market that we're in right now, it mm-hmm. does put a lot of pressure on first-time home buyers. It puts pressure on seniors. It puts pressure on people that don't have the best credit. So what happens is the cream of the crop buyers get to buy, and those other buyers get bumped out of the marketplace, which is not good for um, the market long term. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, sellers love it right now, but for many buyers, we do have some frustrated buyers out there. The other issues that we have that are ones that we have to look at are we've got something called demographic shifting, and that is where you have older households competing now with younger households in the same market. So, for example, a lot of baby boomers, baby boomers are people born 1946 to 1964, rather than them... you know, selling their houses out in the suburbs and buying another house in the suburb, what they're choosing to do is they're choosing to sell that house and become more of uh, an urbanite, and they are wanting to be down in the city. So Mm -hmm. we're also seeing a lot of pressure on condos in uh, many different um, cities and regions. So, you know, this this whole demographic where uh, normally you would see people going from a baby boomer, for example, going from their traditional big home to a smaller home, they're not doing that now. Now they want more of that urban lifestyle and that walkability and that livability yeah. and that excitement. And so that's, that's, we have this demographic shifting. So that's a big issue. The other thing we have is we have uh, a change in global markets. There's a lot of volatility globally, and those change in global markets also put um, our investors into a little bit of a nervous um, state, which... Mm-hmm does affect what happens locally. And especially in our region, in the Puget Sound region, we are very, um, we have investors that come from all over the world that love the uh, Pacific Northwest. So that we have to watch for volatility in uh-huh. the global markets. The other thing that we have is we have a couple things, just um, the, the big unknowns, and that is our issues around energy. The unknown regulation makes the cost of energy unpredictable and unknowns in any real estate marketplace make people a little bit nervous. Also unknowns such as trade agreements. Yeah. What about relations with Mexico? What about the new president? What about, and you have a lot of these, what about, what about, what about, and that makes people really nervous. Yeah. And uh, you know, you have with the new president, I just actually mentioned in money chat today, the the great news that we've, you know, we got the information that the mortgage interest deduction in that's Trump right. tax plan was not, I mean, we're going to be able to keep that. So, I mean, that's a, that's a biggie and a little bit off topic here, uh, Denise, yeah. but there's been a lot of conversation of, around that and the interest deduction um, possibly going away. What are your, uh, what are your thoughts on that? I don't think that's, I, I'm not concerned about it whatsoever. Yeah. I think that would be one of the silliest things to happen. I cannot imagine um, that happening. And I do a lot of, uh, I mean, I do a lot of research, a lot of studying on Mm -hmm. all of these topics. I follow these issues very carefully. And you would have every investor, every homeowner, Mm -hmm. every uh, business, uh, you would have so much opposition to that, that I think it's it's a good discussion point. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, I mean, I think it's like anything. There's a lot of things that 
maybe proposed, but that's one that I do not see happening. Yeah. And especially not with this um, administration, especially in light of the fact that, um, that there's just too much that has to be done. And what I'm seeing anyways is that's if it's on the list, it's on a very, very long list. Yes. And I can't imagine it even getting looked at for well, a, four years, let alone anything happening with it there. The opposition to that would be monumental. So yes. I'm not worried about it at all. A great, great news. So let's talk about uh, home prices. And I mean, they've increased um, significantly. <laughs> what kind of increases are we seeing right now and for the year? And uh, what are you what would be the causes uh, for this? Well, first of all, the, the reason that house prices have gone up so substantially, we have to we have to really look at the fact that we it's any real estate market is driven by supply and demand. Uh-huh. Demand is driven because people love to come to the to our region and we have employment and we've got all these employment hubs and all these wonderful things that this area has. But at the root of all this, this actually started years ago. Mm-hmm. There are challenges it started years ago. I've been talking about this since 2004 mm-hmm. when I started to talk about and see what was happening with inventory and inventory issues down in Las Vegas. That's where I first saw, saw huge shifts in inventory and huge um, uh, price climbs in actually 1998, 1999, 2000, and then huge tumbles in early 2000s. The, the, the reality is we have a inventory challenge because we as a country, have not built the amount of new homes that we need to build. We need to have consistently 1.5 million units per year nationally of new home starts. We have not had those. Mm-hmm. And when you don't have the housing starts, you don't. You can only get your inventory from a few places. You can get inventory from uh, people reselling. That's what we have right now. You can get inventory from new construction. You can get inventory from um, foreclosures. Well, foreclosures are always down in a rapidly inclining um, house price market. So we're not getting them from foreclosures. We're not getting them from new construction. So now we have this resale issue. The other problem you have, and this is the big issue that we're going to deal with in the next couple of years, when house prices start to go up in in value like they have, and also um, if interest rates um, rise, Mm -hmm. the challenge then becomes the person owning the house says, should I just stay here exactly. and renovate? Because yeah. why would I want to sell and give up my good money that I why have? Why would on you want to give up a three and three quarters, three and a half percent right. interest rate for a, a five, six percent rate? Absolutely. So the thing that we have is that we, our housing starts were definitely uh, pretty much decimated uh-huh. back in. If we go back to 2006 and 2006 nationally, we were we had approximately two million two hundred starts. Mm-hmm. We went down as low as a little over 400,000 starts in 2009, wow. meaning that we, we were a million, 1,100,000 short then. Mm-hmm. In 2010, we were at 500,000, so we're another million short. 2011, we were just over 600, 900,000 short. If I go back from 2009 to 2015, every single year we were short. 2016, we didn't quite make the 1.5 million, mm-hmm. but we're getting there. And I, my prediction for 2017 is we will get there. But the reality is that we are millions, probably five and a half million units short. And if we're just building at the rate of 1.5 million units, we're mm-hmm. not building above that to catch up for it. So why the house prices are going up so, so crazy right mm-hmm. now is simply because of our, it started back in 2006. That's when it started when our new home start started to decline. So that's, you know, we have this huge inventory 
challenge. And that's not going to go away anytime quick because we're not building homes anytime quick. Now, you asked the question about house prices. Yeah. And it, you know, if we go back to October of 2016, the national, and I'll talk national, then I'll talk local. Okay. The national median home price for existing family homes was uh, increased 6% since the previous year. In the Seattle marketplace, and, and then we can talk the um, Puget Sound region, in some areas, prices were up 30%, yeah. 25%, 20%. So you look at, you know, we can no longer look at the Seattle area, the Bellevue area, Marysville, Tacoma. When you look at even if we, I've been looking at the three different counties, when I look at King County, Pierce County, so King County, if we go, okay, how did King County, um, you know, how did it increase in this uh, in this one-year period, let's say from through all of 2016, if we look at the numbers, you might see averages of 8%, 9%, 10%. Mm-hmm. What's interesting, though, is that even Pierce County was as high as King County and Snohomish County, which never, never happens, happens which yeah. means that. It's rarely. Obviously, King County is normally going to lead in the increase, but mm-hmm. when you see you have consistent price increases in these three counties, it's showing you that there's a spillover effect, that King County is so robust and the prices are going up so rapidly in that area that what happens is people have to move outward in order to make it work. On that, Denise, I'm going to take us to break and I want to come back to that and I want to talk a little bit about Pierce County. So coming up next on the Money Hour, continue conversation with Denise Lonis with the Lonis Group. Facts and insights on the topic of what's happening in 2017. What are the hot topics in real estate? Right here on 1150 AM KKNW after this short break. In today's competitive real estate market, buyers who are a day late miss out. The national real estate websites are often two to three days late with their new listings. Even worse, they're missing up to 30% of the Seattle market's listings. To be a competitive buyer, you need direct access to MLS listings the first day they're available. SeattleHome.com updates every day with 100% of agent-listed properties in the Northwest MLS. That means you'll always see the newest listings first. Don't miss out on that perfect home. Find it today on seattlehome.com. This is Sam DeBoard, Managing Broker with Seattle Homes Group and Coldwell Banker Danforth. Contact us anytime at 206-552-8820 or online at seattlehome.com. Again, that's 206-552-8820 or seattlehome.com. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, March 4th show. I provide you news on everything money, fresh information on market trends and conditions in our local economy. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. Uh, to call into the show, you can call 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And in studio for the entire show, I have Denise Lonis with the Lonis 
Bonus Group, and we were just uh, wrapping up, we were talking about before I took it to commercial break about what's uh, happening with the uh, increase, uh, property home price increases, and we were talking about King County and Pierce County, and usually Pierce just lagging a lot behind King, and so Denise, I talk to us a little bit about what's happening in Pierce County and why, I mean, it's it's getting so close and, and the demand of what we're seeing in King County. So what's changing? Well, well, Pierce County is changing for um, a lot of reasons, and we have to look at, so for example, there's a lot going on in Pierce County that I don't think people are necessarily um, following or tracking, and they really should, because mm-hmm. there's a lot going down there, a lot going on there in terms of when you look at what's happened with the uh, Port Alliance, so you've got the Port Alliance. With the Port Alliance comes also this long-term, long-range plan of infrastructure and improvement to to roads. You also have got the spillover effect, and the bottom line is real estate is so much more affordable in Pierce County, and people mm-hmm. are, they've been forced to go down there because of the price issues, and then they get down there and they go, this is pretty nice. We yeah. like it down here. And what's happening is you're noticing a lot of, there's been a lot of investors going into these areas, and mm-hmm. what happens is investors come in, they bring money, they build buildings, they by, they're buying commercial space. They're mm-hmm. improving commercial space. They're renting commercial space. They are creating little um, communities and areas that people want to live. Mm-hmm. Also, the transit issue. I always tell people when it comes to real estate investing, follow transit lines, follow mass transit lines, mm-hmm. follow new new roads, follow improvement to roads. That's where you're going to um, you're going to see a lot of increase. And yeah. this this past year, I took a group of 40 agents, and I went down to Tacoma, and I took them on an investor's tour, and I took them on that tour to show them the opportunities that were basically out there in the Tacoma area, the uh-huh. um, Puyallup area, you know, Pierce County, and, and uh, I was really, um, they were really shocked when we've now gone back, and, and, and we said, okay, from that point to this point, how much did those properties appreciate? Mm-hmm. And we're seeing that the, you know, the prices in Pierce County are going up at record rates as well. And that's, again, because of that, um, that demand. Yeah. The other thing that we're seeing is that we're seeing a lot of, um, you know, we're becoming, Seattle is becoming the San Francisco of the North, right? Mm-hmm. Because we are, we're definitely, our demand is super, super high. So Tacoma, for example, um, Puyallup, those areas are really just, the next best choices for people. So I have been talking about Tacoma specifically for about yes, five yeah. years and people yeah. thought I was crazy, <laughs> but, but Tacoma has had phenomenal growth and yeah. those are just some of the reasons why it's been just really phenomenal. Well, I know you you coach some of the, the best agents in, in our market and I, you know, know quite a few um, that are over on the East side in the Bellevue market. And are you, are you coaching and seeing them actually? Because the idea of an, an East Side agent uh, really um, promoting and working and selling properties over, like in the Tacoma area, that really is just you don't see that happen. Are you are you seeing now that some of them are really going to be um, uh, exploring that option for their clients that just can't afford in the Bellevue area? Are you seeing that happening well, I now? Always t- I always tell age. I always tell my clients that you know, as an agent, you have to be very careful where you are, where you sell, because uh-huh. the reality is you need to be, a, you really need to be an expert in that area. But what I'm seeing is I am seeing this shift of expertise where people are saying, okay, I used to be an expert here. I really need to be an expert there. I'm seeing uh-huh. some agents that have 
uh, moved offices and moved to other locations yeah. because there has been a frustration with the high prices. The other thing we have to look at is we have to look at what's happening on the east side, and we have to look at it's again it's a spillover effect. If you look if you look at Bellevue and then you see what's happening um, going up to the Snoqualmie Pass and mm-hmm. you see that what's happening with North Bend and North Bend's prices. North Bend used to be wow that's so far away. Yeah. Now North Bend is a really good choice for people that work in Bellevue. They don't mind the the commute. And that's what we're starting to see is we're starting to see this incredible spillover um, effect because house prices have gone up so dramatically. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Janice, I just for one of my power hour lunch and learns uh, for my real estate professionals, I brought in a builder panel and it was so interesting to hear some of the things that behind the scenes that are happening with builders and the requirements that they have to actually build. And of course, the growth management act came up, you know, when we're dealing with the housing inventory yeah. reaching uh, record highs and, you know, what's going to solve this. And um, what what do you have to comment in regards to the growth management act and, you know, really the ability uh, to to have more land to build. Any insight there, Denise? Well, there's, yeah, I have some, I have some strong feelings on this because um, as a developer myself, I know what it feels like to buy a piece of land. You want to create something and then Uh you come across one issue after the other, Um, you know, whether it's planning, whether it's public works, whether it's, I mean, there's just all these, whether it's wetlands, whether it is stormwater issues. So what has happened and part of the challenge that our builders are having and why we have this inventory issue is there have been some federal laws that have come down regarding things like um, water and wildlife and birds and all those sorts of things, right? Mm-hmm. So what happens is it makes it more and more difficult for builders to be able to buy a piece of land and use all that piece of land. So it's like, for example, if you buy a piece of, if you buy a piece of land and you're Anticipation is that as a builder, you're going to be able to build 10, 10 homes on that. Mm-hmm. So 10 lots per this piece of land. By the time you get finished with all of the restrictions, you may be able to build seven homes instead of 10. Yeah. Well, that is now just uh, taken away 30% of your profit margin. Oh. So what's happening is we're finding that new construction is getting more expensive. We're finding that uh, it is harder to build right now. We're mm-hmm. finding that the land problem with suitable land to build in specific areas. So what we're also seeing is we're finding now that builders are going out as well to build areas where the restrictions may not be as stringent. So that again is what further hampers our inventory issues. And I tell people, I tell them in my classes, I tell them when I'm speaking about this issue, I say it's very, very important that you are present And, you know, if you're going to be an agent and you want to specialize in this, or if you're a homeowner that has land and you need to know what you can do with this land, it's really important that you get down to the planning office and you understand how things affect your land. And when you get notices that say there's a meeting about this upcoming issue, Mm -hmm. uh, if you don't show up, you can't vote on or be a part of what happens. So the restrictions are, are really hampering what people can build right now. Well, yeah, yeah, another surprise I mentioned, you know, Seattle Mayor is talking about implementing in Seattle proper of uh, tax, you know, over and above what you pay for the property, you're going to get taxed for living in. I mean, there's just some some craziness um, uh, going on. But the other thing is that, you know, and this is just a personal feeling, Mm -hmm. and I don't want to in any way get too personal on this call, but I I do have a personal issue with... um, you know, some of the things that are happening right now in the Seattle area with 
um, you know, some things like whether that is uh, rent control, whether that is, because again, that affects investors and it gets people worried. So, and of course there has to be a balance, but what happens oftentimes is that things sway too much to the right or too much to the left. And we forget about that middle point, the balance where everybody can win. And there is a balance point. What's happening right now is there's so many changes, especially in the Seattle area, what it's also doing is it's making investors a little bit nervous. Mm-hmm. That's why Tacoma has blown up with investors yeah. and why investors love Tacoma because they don't have the Tacoma mayor that is talking about the same kinds of things that are happening in Seattle. And mm-hmm. as investors, investors are looking at those kinds of things and those things do affect what happens in our real estate market. And if you're investing, it doesn't matter if you're investing in Tacoma, Seattle. I mean, you're not living in the property. So, I mean, it matters, but it doesn't matter the same, it, you know, with the commute and all the issues that you're you're dealing with as your right. personal primary residence. Yeah, exactly. in- interesting. And, and, you know, we could have a, probably a whole show and just um, things that are potentially happening uh, in, in Seattle. So, Denise, um, we're still seeing a lot of um, buyers being attracted from, you know, out of the area in into our area and a lot of the cash buyers. And are you seeing that going to be continuing at the level that it has been? Well, there's a number of things going on. So let's talk about a couple of them. First of all, we have um, it, it was definitely um, more in the news six months ago, a year or a year ago, the water concerns in California and yeah. We saw a surge of California buyers last year that came in because, uh, first of all, they can buy some phenomenal properties here at great prices compared to what they're paying right now in many parts of California. There, We don't have the water issue, so that's a huge thing. Mm-hmm. The other thing that we have here is we have um, foreign buyers that love us. So, And I'll tell you, we are a coastline um, community, right? So we're on the coast. And Seattle has been a very big draw um, for Asian buyers. Asian mm-hmm. buyers love Seattle. They love uh, San Francisco. They love um, Los Angeles. They love coastline, the coastline. And we're a part of that. The thing that we have going for us, believe it or not, is our weather. We don't have to worry about the water issue like they do mm-hmm. in California. Um, the other thing that we have here is we've got these incredible employment hubs, aerospace, technology, medical, bioresearch. We've got you know, Boeing, we've got Microsoft, we've got the University of Washington, we've got Amazon, we've got all these job bases. And now with the new um, Northwest Seaport Port Alliance, that is um, going to be a huge draw because it mm-hmm. allows us. And I know a lot of people um, haven't, um, you know, have asked me, a lot of people said to me, is that, you know, is that Seaport Alliance, uh, Seaport Alliance deal such a big deal? It isn't right at this moment. It will be because It brings in federal dollars to improve our highways. It brings in federal dollars to improve the port. It allows us to bring ships in that are larger that we couldn't bring in before. All those things uh, positively affect our market and our region. So uh, Washington is going to continue to be on that top three list for um, investors and for buyers that are thinking about where can they relocate to where they can uh, now now if we continue for the next two or three years to have price increases like we've had then that's going to slow that demand down so uh denise uh, before we i take us to commercial we've got a couple minutes here can you explain how new construction has contributed to the inventory shortage Yes, the new, the challenge we have with new construction right now is that um, in any market we absolutely desperately need new construction. 
we need resale, and we even need those foreclosures that come in. Mm-hmm. Um, we, and it's normal in any healthy market that there will always be some foreclosures, and we are seeing those, and we get those. It is normal to have the resale inventory. We have those. What we don't have right now is any new home starts, and we don't have new home starts because, number one, we lost a lot of our great builders back when we had our market correction. We also don't have the trades are down, meaning that uh, even right now, if you're renovating, try to get somebody in to do work for you. It's really difficult. Mm -hmm. We don't have enough um, builders that can build on buildable land because we have too many restrictions. We have too many challenges, and therefore, it's taking longer, and it's costing more money. So, therefore, you have less people that are willing to get in the game, and that's the big challenge we're seeing in the market right now with new construction and inventory. Uh, we're going to continue our conversation uh, with Denise. We're going to be talking about still what's happening in Washington State with our real estate. We're going to talk about rent, uh, what's happening with rents, and I'll be coming up next on the Money Hour. Continue conversation with Denise Lonis right here at 1150 AM KKNW after the short break. Are you confused about how to hire the right agent? The reality is the agent you hire will have a significant impact on the results that you get in your next real estate transaction. The problem is that most buyers and sellers don't know what questions to ask their agent before they hire them, and sometimes they don't know that they may have made an error until it's too late. The Nicole Magina Group with Windermere Real Estate has proven systems and strategies that allow their clients to consistently achieve their goals in today's market. At the Nicole Magina Group, they've helped hundreds of clients get amazing results in the local real estate market. Go where you want, when you want. With a Banner Bank Connected checking account, you can use any ATM in the world for free. That's any ATM, anywhere. Think of it as your freedom to explore. Banner Bank. Let's create tomorrow together. Unlimited surcharge rebates from non-banner-owned U.S. ATMs. Banner Bank. Member FDIC. Equal housing lender. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to the Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, March 4th show, bringing in expert advice and inside knowledge on today's events in our local economy and how it can affect your money. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. Uh, you can call the show at one 855 Again, that's one 855 or online at themoneyhour.com to discuss anything regarding your money. And in studio, a conversation for the entire show. Show with Denise Lonis with the uh, Lonis Group. And uh, Denise, I wanted to kind of get into a little bit about what's happening uh, with our rents and our rents in the area being affected by the shortage of inventory. Okay, this is really, this is where we are finding the, a really huge problem. And that okay. is that, so first of all, when you look at the real estate market, if you're in a market where house prices are inclining very rapidly. What happens is you get a lot of buyers that get into the marketplace and they're competing to win within a multiple offer situation. Mm -hmm. There's only one person that's going to win that offer. And what ends up happening is for those people that lose on that first offer and maybe the second offer, and then they try again a third time, eventually 
they get uh, mark. I call it market exhaustion. And mm-hmm. market exhaustion is where you just, as a buyer, you just can't be in the just game anymore, up. and you yeah. say, "I'm done." Mm-hmm. So what happens then is you go and you try to find a place to rent. Well, what happens is, as house prices go up in value, what you're also doing is you are damaging your first-time home buyer market. I can tell you right now that if you were to go into the Seattle marketplace, for example, it's going to be mm-hmm. very hard for a first-time home buyer to be able to buy an affordable home in Seattle right now. And Seattle's yes. just one example. There are other areas. But what happens is when that first-time home buyer gets priced out of the market, what happens now is they have no choice. They have two choices, actually. They can either move farther out, mm-hmm. but if their commute is too far, that then becomes a non-option. And then what happens is they go back into the rental market. So we have a number of things happen. So first we have these buyers that are market exhausted. They're going to go back and say, I'm done and I'm going to, I'm going to be a renter now. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have, you know, we also have that next group that is simply uh, priced out of the market and they are going to become renters. Mm-hmm. We then have something called household formation. And the household form- formation renters are, there, are the individuals that when the market was bad, they decided to possibly go and live back home with their parents. Or perhaps the market was bad and they decided there were some people that were living with their adult parents and their adult parents were in their 70s and 80s and they were in their 50s and 60s, but they were living at home with mom and dad in their paid-off homes because they could not afford something. So what's happened now is now they've become um, renters. The next group we have is we have those credit-damaged people, and that is people that went through this terrible market correction mm-hmm. we had. Their their credit was decimated, and it's not that they maybe can't buy. It's that they're so afraid that they're not even going to be approved. They don't even try. So we yes. have this huge demand for the rental market. Our rental prices have gone up and all the way from the Canadian border all the way down to the Oregon border, we are the whole state of Washington. If we take the I-5 corridor specifically and some parts of eastern Washington, if you look at how the rents have gone up in the, Kenne- in the Tri-Cities area, rents have gone up um, just, you know, an incredible amount. If you mm-hmm. look at, at Whatcom County, if you look at Skagit County, Snohomish County, King County, Pierce County, I mean, it is across the board we're seeing these rental increases. So it is not something that is an isolated incident. This is what has happened. The other thing that we're seeing is as we see these rents increase, Mm -hmm. what we're seeing is we're seeing people that are getting really frustrated in the marketplace because they can't buy, they go to rent, the rent is so high, and what's also happening is now you have this competition for rentals. And that's why we're dealing with the issue that we're dealing with in some areas like Seattle where they're saying, you know, look, we're going to have to put some control around this because it's, it's almost impossible now for people to find housing. So those are, the, you know, the kind of issues you have when you have a market like we have right now. But rents are, um, you know, rents are, are, in my opinion, increasing at an unhealthy rate because it's not, we can't sustain these prices long term. Yeah. So it's not that I'm negative. It's the reality. You sure. You cannot, I, I know in my own marketplace, um, for example, something that I would have rented for $1,400 a month, I could now easily rent for $2,400 a month. And I've chosen not to to do those increases. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what that does, though, is what do you think that does to any renter I might have? It makes them a lifer. They're never yes. going to leave that house. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yes. So, and, and that means, again, that inventory is not going to come back on the market. Mm-hmm. 
Interesting. Well, and that could be a whole nother show just in, I mean, the, the, the challenge, there are opportunities in, you know, getting in, in the investment market and, you know, being able to ride this out. Do you feel that we, it's going to cap and there's a point that rents can't go up anymore or are we going to continue to see this uh, craziness? I think, no, I think that we're, at, I think that we've reached a point already where what happens is there comes a point where people just won't, they won't play the game anymore and uh-huh. they will find other alternative housing choices, like they might decide, look, we can't rent a house on our own. You know, mm-hmm. we'd love to have a three-bedroom, two-and-a-half bath house on our own. We can't. So what we'll do is we'll rent that home, but we'll bring in a renter, maybe a student, someone sure. to rent a room, and they're getting more creative. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of subleasing going on mm-hmm. um, right now in our marketplace, a lot of un, um, unapproved subleasing that's going on. Because they don't want to tell the landlord because the landlord, um, you know, in their lease, it says that you can't sublease. So I'm seeing a lot of that Hmm. and I'm getting a lot of um, emails regarding this whole issue around subleasing. So that's another issue that happens when it just becomes unaffordable to live in a, in a particular area. Yeah. So, Denise, I, I, I want to ask you two questions one at a time. I want to ask you, uh, you know, what are your concerns in the market? And then I want to ask you what you're excited about for our market. So let's start with your your concerns. What are, okay, yeah, well, outside of what we've already concern, talked about, what is your, yeah, what's your number one? My number one concern has to do, um, well, I will say number one is has to do with our rising, um, rising interest rates. Yes. I don't want the interest rates okay. to rise and... I'm hopeful that they're not going to. I don't see that um, as an issue. But if the interest rates were to, to rise too much, that creates a whole other problem. So that goes back me, to the concern that you have. Nobody's going to want to sell their property because they're at that low interest right. rate. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I need the inter- we need the interest rates to stay where they're at right uh-huh. now so that, that we can continue to have, you know, we can continue to have inventory that comes on the market. Okay. The other issue I have is more of a, a bigger concern that I think uh, most of us have, and that is the concern over the reality that we have too much debt as a country, as a state, mm-hmm. our national debt, our state debt. We have a lot of it. So, and there's a great website. I got, I, I look at this website uh, frequently and it's uh, usdebtclock.org. And you just go in and see our, our debt and where we're at. And we are almost at $20 trillion worth of debt. Mm-hmm. And, and those are the kinds of concerns that we do need to, um, you know, think about. Like, you know, how... Because what happens is when the, when the debt gets too high like that, mm-hmm. you know, you then, um, my question then becomes, where is, how is that debt going to get paid down? And at some point, it has to be, it definitely has to be. Now, the things that I'm really excited about, I am so excited about um, a lot of the, um, I call it the urban retreats that are being created. Like, for example, uh, many different parts of Seattle have become urban retreats. They're creating urban retreats in Tacoma. And an urban retreat is, I would define that as areas where people can live, where people can work, where people can um, entertain, where there's, mm. you know, things for them to do. So urban retreats are being revitalized. I mean, uh-huh. if you look at, for example, if you go to New York and you look at New York is, is, has been, is so rich and full of many different urban retreats, and mm-hmm. that's the lifestyle over there on the East Coast that they have lived and enjoyed for years. And that's almost like a little bit of the East Coast is coming to the West side. So I'm excited about excited, that. Yeah. I'm, ex- I'm excited about what Amazon is doing. I am mm-hmm. excited about, um, you know, the strong base that we have here with Boeing and with Microsoft and 
with Amazon and, and, you know, with all these great jobs that we have, we have become a state, a strong um, technology state. We've become a strong um, employment state. Mm -hmm. And I'm really excited that, um, you know, Washington has, uh, I'm very excited that, you know, uh, from a, you know, from a standpoint for those people that want to um, live in in a, 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 a urban location and work uh-huh. in that location that we're now looking at housing um, opportunities and choices in some of these downtown cores of this creative type of housing. So I think that there's a lot of opportunities here. I know that this area is strong. I yeah. don't have any doubt. A lot of people said to me, oh, is the market going to crash? I do not believe that whatsoever because mm-hmm. in order for a market to crash, there has to be um, a, a reason for that. And sure. it's not like we are... Um, you know, in Detroit and we, you know, and, and car manufacturing is our big employment uh, or an employer here. We've got so many um, diverse employers and mm-hmm. so many different, um, you know, um, diverse industries that we're very protected from that. So I actually think that 2017 is going to be a very good year. I think yeah. it's going to be challenging still for buyers because they're going to have well, there's to always compete. challenges and, you know, opportunities, right? And opportunities. Uh-huh. Absolutely. So, Denise, if you were talking to um, one of my buyer listeners right now, what would you be cautioning them about or what they should they be doing before they buy? Well, first of all, if you're going to buy right now in this marketplace, you don't don't give up. It's a process. OK, yeah. you have to get so you have to. Number one, you've got to be I would say you got to be with the right lender because when you go to per, when your offer is presented, mm-hmm. a good agent that is correctly representing their seller. If I'm representing my seller and I'm looking at these offers, it's one thing for someone to offer. They can offer me whatever they want on paper. The yeah. reality is, is that offer going to close? I want to know where the money is coming from. I want to know if this person can afford to buy this house. Mm-hmm. I want to know, um, you know, I want to know as much about this buyer as possible. Having the right lender and a lender that gets transactions closed is critical, number one. Mm -hmm. The second thing you have to do is you have to have a real estate agent that understands and knows how to present offers in a multiple offer marketplace because you have to be competitive, you have to be on time, your offer has to be creative. I also tell buyers right now, offer things other than just money, offer things offer people flexible closing dates and offer them something that isn't not necessarily money-based, but might get them excited. And mm-hmm. with all of my buyers, when I uh, was in a competitive multiple offer market, I would have some standard things in my offer. One of those would be, you know, the buyer will have the house clean. The seller doesn't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. The seller can leave all their garbage in the garage or in a room or wherever. The buyer will discard it. Anything that they could do to make it easy for that seller to sell and walk away from the home Every little advantage, but yes. absolutely having the right pros in your corner, the right lender, right agent is critical. So that's for the buyers. What about my sellers, That the, what they need to know about selling in this active market now? Okay, the seller. what sellers have to understand right now is they need to stop getting themselves so concerned over price. And what's happening, what is happening right now, which I don't, you know, I tell sellers, don't do this. Don't just invite a real estate agent to come over and hire the one that gives you the highest price. That's not what you're looking for in an agent. So sellers need to find, um, you know, and work with agents that do really good um, and widespread marketing because the more people and the more eyes you can get on the home, the more opportunity you have to get more buyers in, the more buyers, the more chance for multiple offers, the more multiple offers, then it becomes a bidding war. 
and a bidding war is what you want. Also, don't just take an offer because it, because it has the highest price tag on it. You have to make sure that your agent really works with you to show you the pros and cons of each offer because not all offers are the same. And just make sure that when you're selling your house that you focus less on, you know, the actual price because the market will demand the price. I could put a house on the market right now in Seattle and say, mm-hmm. okay, I want $100 for that house. The market's going to, the market's not going to pay $100. You're yeah. going to have a bidding war and the bidding war is going to get that house where the market is willing to pay for it. The key though is you want as much exposure as possible. So I've had a lot of sellers say to me, oh, why don't I just list my house on my own? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Crazy. Because you do not, <laughs> if you list your house on your own, what you've given up is you've given up that network Mm-hmm. of thousands of agents that have thousands of buyers that yeah. just see your house. And by giving that up, you are giving up, could be tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars. So I tell buyers, I tell sellers, do not be fooled by the, oh, I'm going to save some commission because yeah. if that's not a reality in this kind of market. Well, you know what was inter- interesting that you brought that up? Because in doing mortgages, I get contracts over my desk all the time. And I've, you know, back before when the market was doing well before the crash, I had a lot of uh, purchase and sale agreements that were coming over for sale by owner. Denise, I can't remember the last time that I've had a contract come over for, for sale by owner. So I don't know what the shift is that, you know, in this market where it's so hot, just like it was in the last market before the last crash, but they're, they're really, um, they're hiring the agent experts and not trying to do for sale by owner. Which is smart, which is really smart. I mean, yes. if I, if I, and I have people that will ask me all the time, Hey, Denise, you know, I'm thinking about maybe, you know, selling my house. And the reality is I've got people knocking on my door. Well, let me tell you something, sellers. If you have people knocking on your doors because they want your listing, let me tell you, don't just answer that door knock and accept that offer. That means that you've got a hot property, a hot commodity, and you need to get that out and get that property exposed so you can get top dollar. Yes. Top dollar that you deserve. It's your investment. It's, you know, this is an important decision you're making. Do not you know, think for one second that um, you can do it better than the network out there because you just can't. Yes. So Denise, I've got a minute uh, to wrap up the show. And what would you like to say to my listeners? What's your call to action? What's your ending here? Well, I'll tell you right now, if you are thinking about investing, I will tell you right now that the Puget Sound region is a fantastic place to invest in. We have a very strong base here. That base is is going to continue. Um, Our foundation is very, very strong. So I tell investors, look no further. This is the place to invest. For buyers and sellers, I tell sellers all the time that, you know, if you're in a situation right now, right now, this moment in time, if you're thinking that you want to make a move, because interest rates haven't gone up right now, Mm -hmm. get your house and put it on the market because, my goodness, you can get top, top dollar for it. And then you can still get this great interest rate right now. I mean, for sellers that are hesitating, I, you know, I want to kind of kick them off the ledge and into the pool because it's such a great time to sell right now. It is a phenomenal time to sell. For buyers, there are fantastic properties out there. And the reason the properties have gone up in price is because the demand is there and we're in a good area and that's going to continue. And I just tell my buyers, remember, you're buying now at this low, low interest rate. So we are still right now at a historic moment in real estate where people can buy and they can sell and still make fantastic real estate purchases. So my call to action is get on the phone and call 
the real estate agent that you know and trust and there get, you go. take action in the market. For there you sure. go. So you heard it from Denise. Sellers sell your home. Buyers get out there and buy a home. Denise, it's such a privilege to uh, have you speak with my listeners. And I just want to thank you again very much uh, for your time today. Absolutely. And this is your host and mortgage expert signing off, Tina Mitchell. I'll be here next Saturday, same place, same time, right here at 1150 AM KKNW. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC. The views expressed by the speakers on the preceding program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC.